So just be aware of that. Those things won't be happening this week, but they'll pick up uh, the week after, of course. Uh, but there will be a touch point still uh, this week on Wednesday, and that'll be something you can watch online on the Facebook page, all that good stuff. Um, before we move on, we do have an update, or not an update, but an announcement um, from Mr. Robert Bush. Good morning. Ha, 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 ha. We laugh at the devil. And that's what mom was doing in her transition time. And then she went into hallelujah, hallelujah. In this season, in this time, it's, it's trying times. There's a lot of, our, our family's had some stuff going on this last couple of weeks. Good to be back. Um, and thank you for all your prayers, things for our family with uh, uh, Joyce passing. Uh, what an awesome, wonderful woman of God. And she's shouting down hallelujah on us today, that reign of hallelujah, the hallelujah. She's blessing us with her love and with her tenderness and her mercy and grace, shouting from the courtrooms of heaven. She has a great seat now, an awesome seat sitting next to Jerry and the rest of them that have gone on before. I want to thank you also for praying for my wife and our family. And it's my wife's birthday today, so we want to celebrate that with her. Um, about two weeks ago, we went to the headwaters and did some prayer intercession stuff on behalf of the elections. And I'm going to keep telling you, it's not over. Because God is, God is moving when we think it's all gone away. We can't ride that train. You've got to ride the gospel train, and it's now time to get on our knees and really press in for God. Uh, I'm partnering with a friend of mine from Natawash. And uh, he's called it Building the Wall. Headwaters, if you want to put it on your, your web, whatever you, however you want to find it. I have some cards too. But it's called the Headwaters Wall of Prayer. And he wants to build this wall of prayer. There's 59 days until, you know, inauguration. The next 50 days are going to be absolutely critical. So if anyone wants to sign up for that type of intercession, strategic prayer, it's not people that are, you know, just strategic prayer in that area, please see me afterwards. I do have cards and stuff. Like I say, look, un look under uh, Headwaters Wall of Prayer. And there's already a network set up for that. And there will be a couple times a week intercessory prayer times too um, that's going to be happening. So um, that, that'll be happening. And, and so also I partnered with uh, the Reach Church in Cass Lake, Minnesota. And what has happened, which is really cool, is the government is giving out free boxes of food, which I have some here today. So please take the food. And it's awesome food. Actually, it's not just mediocre stuff. It's, it's really a, a nice box of food and a gallon of milk. Um, and they're going to be doing this to the end of the year on Saturday. So if anyone's interested in that ministry, if you have a family and you want to go door to door, what a way to reach people. You don't have to pay for this stuff. You just take it and give it to somebody. So grab a box for yourself. Grab a box for a friend or somebody that you know that you want to reach out to in this season, in this time. And there's some in the foyer, so you can see me afterwards for that too. So hopefully that was all clear.
So this morning is actually a bit of a surprise for us as far as speaking. And it was um, Thursday morning after uh, Steve had messaged me about my grandma. Um, and we had just talked about some stuff on Wednesday night in youth group that just felt very relevant for what we're going through. And so I just shared just a little bit with Steve. And so he asked if we would share today. So just letting you know, this is going to be a lot more like a candid conversation instead of a um, thorough planned message. But I think it's good to do sometimes. Um, I do want to say, like, I'm not going to say a lot, but I do want to just honor my grandma. And I know all of you know how wonderful of a woman she was. And um, a few months ago, we had made the decision to actually move to Ten Strike, just kitty corner from the church there. And I remember telling her like about it, and she was so excited. And she said, I can't wait to get to know you even more. And um, something that just struck me when she said that is I was thinking I couldn't wait to get to know her more and to hear her wisdom and just what she had on her heart. But the fact that she wanted to know my heart, know me more. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't want to do this, but um, that's just who she was. She made you feel special almost every time that I was with her. She said, you're a very special granddaughter. You're so special to me. And I think she said that to so many people that they were just so special to her. That was a word she used all the time. And um, she just made you feel loved. She made you know that you were loved, not only by her, but by Jesus and had incredible faith. I think you guys all know. I don't. I could go on and on and tell story after story, but um, and I'll probably tell just a little bit about God's goodness in this whole process too. Um, but moving on from that, I do also want to give a shout out to my mom and happy birthday. And I just. I was thinking about that, that grandma gave you life. <laughs> and you carry that life. You continue to carry that life. And the older you get, the more you remind me of her. And I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> I'm so thankful for that. And I can only hope to be like you and like grandma. And that can be my prayer and hope. Um, so. Thank you for allowing us to be vulnerable with you and um, open our hearts during this time. And we thank you so much for all of your prayers and just comfort and love. And we really appreciate it. We really do. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you want to start or do you, if you want me to start. <laughs> Oh, do you want to pray for us, actually, before we yeah. start? Okay. Uh, 
Father, we do just thank you. We come before you and we just, in this season, um, regardless of what is going on for us, regardless of whether um, we're having a great season, whether we're going through uh, a valley, we're going on the mountaintops, wherever we are in our walks this year, Jesus, we would be reminded of your abundance, your greatness, that you lay before us a table even in the midst of the darkest times. And of course, we celebrate with you when we're on those mountaintop vistas. <laughs> so Jesus, we, we just look to you. We look to you and we ask to know you better. Regardless of what's going on, we say, put those things aside, know you better. In your name, Jesus. Well, I guess we, part of what we're actually going to talk about is a few portions from um, a message we had spoken a couple years ago on Thanksgiving. So if any of it sounds familiar, um, that would be why. And then we do have some other thoughts and stuff like that. And then for those who are in youth group, this might be a few repeated things, but sometimes that's a good thing too. Um, so just this idea that sometimes Thanksgiving and giving thanks because becomes something that we feel like is a duty. Or we, I think a couple years ago, we gave the picture of sitting around the table, thinking of what you're thankful for, and having like... Um, oh man, they they said what I was gonna say, and then having to think about like, okay, like what am I gonna say now? And um, and while that's a good practice, a lot of times there's kind of this idea that it's like a duty, or it reminds you of how unthankful you've been. Yeah, I think about um, we were talking about this. You know, a few days ago, maybe it was Monday or something, and Nea was um, reminded of, of uh, something she had seen on Facebook where it was some post of something along the lines of, um, if you uh, could only have the things that you would thank God for today and you lost everything else, what would you have? <laughs> and it's supposed to be this, like, you, kind of this shaking of the finger, like, what, well, you haven't been very thankful lately, have you now? Um, you're, you, you're only, if you only got to keep the things you were thankful for. And so then, then they was like, but if you thought about that for a second, so what are you supposed to do? Sit around, like, everything you look at, like, oh, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for this. It's like, it's sort of this, uh, it becomes this, this, not just a duty bound, but it's this strange act of just uh, acknowledging the items around you. Um, it's about the stuff that you have, it becomes, and maybe the people too, but it's, it's about like having to like consciously focus on each thing. And I thought that was kind of an odd way to, to come at thankfulness, because for me, I think thankfulness has to be, it, it's about focus, right? Where it's all about the way we're conceiving our, of our world, the way we're conceiving of, of what we have. Um, and it reminds me of kind of like uh, this a picture that I have in my head of like, um, um, you're, at, you're at like some sort of birthday party, right? And you're, you're given a gift or maybe Christmas time, right? You're given your gifts, you open the gifts and, to be, and instead of being thankful for the gift by going to the person and saying, I'm so thankful that you, you know, this present represents how you know me and it represents the fact that we have a relationship and the giving of gifts is such a special thing. Instead, you were thankful by saying, um, 
look at this gift. This gift is so great. I am thankful for the gift and not even acknowledging the person who gave it to you, right? Um, so thankfulness, I think, doesn't have to be about focusing on the things and then trying to like, oh, I have to acknowledge all the stuff. It's about acknowledging the giver, right? And, and, having the, and acknowledging the fact that the things that you have are based in the relationship you have with the giver, right? The blessing, the blessings have to be in acknowledgement of the blesser, not, you know, the other way around. <laughs> so good. I, this was not even in my mind at all before we knew we were going to speak, and I don't even know if I should share it, but there's this movie that I personally enjoy. I'm... It's, it's not necessarily a Christian movie, but it's called The Giver. And it's this kind of science fiction movie. And um, I don't even know if this relates, but I just love this movie. So it's this world where it's black and white. And it's very regimented. It's very controlled. Um, they even get shots every day for taking away their emotion. Um, so they don't want you to experience emotion. They don't want you to experience any kind of anything that would make you come out of line. And then everyone has their assigned jobs. It's very organized. But they pick one person to go visit the giver. And this person is a special person who is able to step into seeing life, seeing things beyond just this set of rules. And, um, and so what happens is once he continues to visit this giver, he ends up seeing life in color. Like he starts seeing apples as red and he starts, and, and the world starts turning from black and white to color. And so he wants to try to reveal to these people that there's this life, this world of color, this beauty, this wonder, and he stops taking his injections for emotions and he experiences this life and he realizes that there's things that are wrong and actually one of the examples is they're so cold that they end up, if there's a baby that's defective, they end up releasing it, they say. And so it actually has a lot of correlations. Anyways, I, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but this is why we usually like have notes. <laughs> um, but anyways, part of my point in sharing this is, like, I think sometimes we can add Thanksgiving to the list of things to do and just make it this regimented thing. And sometimes we can even walk in Christianity as this regimented, like, okay, do this, do that. Um, make sure you say yes to this, say no to this. Instead of having that life-giving relationship with the giver and allowing the giver to give us light and help us to see things through his eyes, see things through color, and see things through that love and that deep passion. And um, you'll have to watch the movie to see what happens, but, you know, it, it stirs something in this, this particular young man. And he can't just 
stay within the grind of things. He's, the giver helps to call out that greatness in him. And I think that's part of what we want to really share with Thanksgiving today is that um, so often we can look around at this world and see black and white and see the things that are so, not even just dull, but just evil. <laughs> and we forget to see the color of the beauty of the goodness of God. We forget to see just how merciful he is, how loving, how patient that if all this evil is going on and we're thinking, God, why aren't you stopping it? It's for his patience that he wouldn't want anyone to perish. He wants to, he's much more patient than we are at times. He wants to um, extend his hand as far as he can so that people can continue to come to him before he ministers his justice in the situation. And um, I think that's just so important for us to understand and, and to glean on that, yeah, do you have something to... Yeah, just what you're saying is reminding me of um, a couple of stories that I was, I was thinking about this morning. Um, the stories about Jesus, right? Because um, I think Jesus, if, we, if we're going to find out, all right, what, what does it mean to live this Christian life? We always have to look to Jesus' life, right? And we have to see what he, what he did, how he acted here, because he was, that was his purpose, right? It was to show what it was like to be um, not just um, the old type of humanity that we've always been since Adam, but the new type of humanity we can be when God enters into the picture, when God enters into the spirit of man, what does it look like? Um, how, does, how does that person act? What is, it, what is living like, like you're saying? What is life like when we kind of remove those old goggles of just seeing things in, in terms of um, our own kind of regimented, like this is just how things have to go. Um, it's this new um, seeing the life that he's created. Um, so I, I was thinking about the story of, and it's a, it's a familiar, very short story, um, where there's a, you know, Jesus is once again in the crowd of people, things are going on, um, and the disciples are trying to push people back, right? They're trying to say, like, stay back, stay back. Um, and especially to the children, right? They're saying, oh, stay back, children. This isn't a place for children, is kind of the, the tone, right? And gee, what does Jesus say? He says, come unto me, the little children, right? He says he, he invites them forward. Uh, and the tone of that story is, is the disciples are saying, this isn't the time or the place, but Jesus says, this is the only place. This has to be the place where you invite the children to be. Um, and, you would, and just, I was thinking about that idea of, of children. Um, uh, from the perspective of the disciples, children are, are you know, this disruptive force, right? They're, they're insignificant. They're not important. They're... Um, they, they're, they're chaotic, they're, they're unruly, right? Um, but in Jesus' eyes, I think he's seeing them in terms of, of, of a thanksgiving spirit. Um, you think of, of I, I think of children, and maybe your childhood wasn't this perfect thing, um, but I think in an ideal world, at least, in a world in which we um, allowed um, for things to not, you know, for not, for not to be like these oppressive forces that, that force childhood to not be a great thing. I think in a, 
in, in, a, in a good world, ch childhood would be this, this innocent thing, right, where we would be able to uh, just be children is kind of that idea. Um, and I think when I think about that, I think of children as that, that perfect picture of, of Thanksgiving. They, they're not going out and trying to, to figure things out. They're not, they're not hampered by all these worries. They're just, they're just enjoying things. Things as they come are just, um, they're wonderful. They get excited about every small thing that they come across. Everything is, is new and wonderful. Um, and they're, they're always being thankful, right? They're always just so excited to, to, to be and to have, to do. Um, there, there's none of this, um, this duty sort of laying on top of them. And so I imagine that. And then what, Je what does Jesus say? Because the disciples are busy being hampered by all the worries and, the, and, and what's supposed to happen and, and the regiment of like how we're supposed to go about things and, and what, who belongs where. Children don't belong here. They belong over there. Uh, and Jesus says, well, if you don't have the mind of a child, that, that innocent, wonder-bound, life filled kind of existence that if that spirit isn't within you, um, then, then that's, you won't see the kingdom of God is what he says. And, um, and what I take by that is that the kingdom of God is, is that very thing, is that childlike wonder, is that not being, is, it throws off all those hampers of, of, of worry, all those hampers of, of seeing things just in pure black and white, it's seeing things in technicolor, right? And not to draw more attention to my mom, but like I've always, when I think thankfulness, I think my mom. And I think a big part of that is she has such a childlike heart. Like if you know my mom, she gets excited about everything. And it's so fun because even the littlest things are just, amazing. Um, I actually think of our foreign exchange, or my parents' foreign exchange student, Nadia. Some of you remember her from a couple years ago. She was just so surprised at how many things that, like, the family was excited about. Like, we'd go on a trip, and we were on a bus, and there was this button that you can press to let them know you want to stop. And my mom thought that was the coolest thing. And so Nadia's like, have you guys been anywhere? Like, do you even, like, do you even live in this world? And it's like, yeah, mom has seen these things. She's done these things, but she's like, still like a child, like innocently taking it in. Like, wow, this is so fun. This is so cool. So needless to say, like, when you're, I feel like when you're children and a lot of times parents are like, wow, look at that. That's still how family trips are. And so I just so appreciate growing in a home with just that childlike innocence and love and zest for life because then it does really draw um, draw you into like that thankfulness. And really, at the core of it, it's the goodness of God. It's discovering the goodness of God. So instead of like, if we feel like we're complaining or if we feel like we're not thankful, instead of thinking, okay, I need to just muster up thankfulness, I need to just be thankful, um, I think what we should do is, first of all, look at what we're focusing on. 
Are we focusing on the things around us? Are we focusing on our struggles? Are we focusing on our lack? Or are we focusing on his abundance, his goodness? And then second of all, ask him to reveal his goodness to you. There's times where you're like, okay, Lord, I know you're good, but I don't feel very thankful right now. I, I can't have thankfulness right now. And so in those moments, we really need to have that be an opportunity, an invitation for intimacy with the Lord to ask him those questions of, Lord, can you reveal your goodness to me? Can you just touch my heart with your goodness? And every time I've found I automatically, once receiving his goodness, his love pouring in my heart, I just thank him out of a genuine heart, not something that I made myself do. I even afterwards notice, oh, wow, I guess I thanked the Lord. I guess I'm, like, my response is bubbling over with just praise and adoration towards him. And that's what he wants. That's what he desires. And um, to kind of spin off that point a little bit, um, one of the things that we had talked about on Wednesday, too, is this idea of the art of celebration. And I think that really ties very well with the thought of children, because children celebrate well. You tell them they're having a birthday party, they are gonna have fun, they're gonna, like, just have so much fun, you know, when you have an opportunity of celebration for them. And I think, um, I shared this a couple years ago too, but I think it's important to remember, but oftentimes the people of the world try to celebrate in outside of God. Um, and I honestly believe they, they don't realize this, they don't think this, but they are celebrating because it's the closest that they can get to who God is, and they don't even realize it. However, since they are celebrating outside of relationship with God, then it ends up becoming a numbing it ends up becoming something to try to satisfy the hurts and the pains and the things around them. And it ends up becoming um, something that strips away the celebration. And it's no longer celebrating. I, I have people that I know and friends that say, oh yeah, like drinking every night, it's not, it's not something I really even celebrate anymore. It's something I just, you know, do to numb the stress of the day or numb the pain or, you know, things like that. And it's, I feel like that, that becomes a tragedy because God is always celebrating. His heart is celebration. His, he, he jumps towards celebration. I mean, I think most of us know the prodigal son story. And it's, it, it wasn't even a thought that crossed his mind. That's what they were going to do, is celebrate. And Jesus is often talking about sitting at the table. Um, he had many times with the disciples where they were eating, talking, and that's where a lot of his teaching actually happened, too. Um, 
and he fed the 5,000, and it's just this idea of community and um, coming together as one. And so, even though he is always in a state of celebration, we still go through hard times, we still go through troubles. And I think sometimes we think that, okay, I'm going through a hard time, that must mean that God's not celebrating. Well, the thing is, in scripture, we're asked to have joy in the midst of trials. And my question is, how are we to be, why are we asked to have joy in the midst of trials if Jesus isn't providing that joy, if he's not providing that peace? And so I think what, what it comes down to is even though we don't always feel celebration, we don't always feel like happy or joyful, we have an identity of being a celebrating child of God that we can always celebrate who God is and who he is in us, he can, we can always celebrate what he's doing, the goodness that he works everything together for. And so even in our mourning, even in our grieving, it's not that we step out of celebration, but it's in that state of celebration that we receive healing. It's in that celebration that we receive and we're able to weep and cry in the Lord's arms because he comforts us and he celebrates what he's doing in us and what, how he's bringing us through. And um, something I've been thinking about lately is that we are oftentimes so set on the outcome we, we always are desiring the end product. But God, I believe, loves the journey. Like, he loves the relationship. He loves the day-to-day -day moments of growing. He doesn't rush what we would maybe rush as far as the healing and the things in our hurts that, that we want to just snap our fingers and have healed and whole and ready and he gives us that identity of wholeness but then in the sanctification process he he works with us he walks with us he's gentle and so and just with this whole process with my grandma passing like I just I felt the goodness so strong and I feel like if I hadn't had my eyes open and if I hadn't had my heart open to see these little things, because sometimes God does big, marvelous things that are so good, and you see it, like it smacks you in the face. But oftentimes, like Peter was talking about with children, it's the small little things that he, he does it, throughout the day, throughout the hours, to really show you. And sometimes I think we just get so caught up in everything that's going on, we forget to be like children and see the beauty in those little things. Like for example, um, 
I didn't plan this. I didn't, we didn't like sit down and say, oh, grandma's not doing well. Let's have fish sticks for dinner on Wednesday. And fish sticks are something that my grandma loved. Like, it, I feel like it was a staple that she had fish sticks like almost once a week or something. And so on Wednesday night, the night before she passed, we had fish sticks for dinner. And I actually got interrupted because Joyce called me over to go help grandma with a few things. And so I was able to see her that last night. And, but then the next morning, I just felt like it was just a little wink from the Lord, just a special little thing like, guess what? You had fish sticks the last night Grandma was alive. That was for her. And then um, we hadn't gone to the store yet, so we didn't have a whole lot. Um, but in our fridge, we had two cinnamon rolls for breakfast the next morning. Cinnamon rolls are another thing that my grandma often loved, and she always put extra butter. And so I was like, Peter, you have to put extra butter on the cinnamon rolls. I'm not like trying to tell you what our diet looks like, because we don't normally <laughs> eat like that. But um, it just was like a very special, another thing that the Lord was like, here's my goodness. And then I just spent some time just with the Lord and I, I put music on and every song was just ministering to my heart. And then I had homework um, for the school that I'm doing and the homework was just exactly what I needed to hear. So it's like those little things that you just know God is touching your heart and healing certain things. Um, and maybe do you want to share the about the why question? So, I guess I don't remember when. I, I guess it was, it must have been Wednesday, right? Was that? Yeah. It was Wednesday. That was the day before Grandma left to, left to glory. And uh, I, was, I was talking to my mom, and we were talking actually about Joyce, because she was asking how she was, and sort of talking about it. And my mom started kind of thinking about, out loud about some things that she had often think, thought about when it comes to mourning and it comes to some, some you know, the, the griefs in our life, right? Um, and it's always good to, to ask mom because mom always seems to know, right? <laughs> She's always full of wisdom. Um, so I was listening to my mom and, and she was thinking about um, uh, something that had happened to a friend of hers. A friend of hers years ago had had a daughter who had, had died tragically in a in a car accident. It was one of those things that wasn't just like, oh, it shouldn't have happened, but there was like a thousand ways it could have been prevented if they had just worn their seatbelts, if they had taken a different road, if they had driven just a little bit slower, if they had gone at a different time, you know, those types of things where um, your first inclination is to just ask why, Lord, why? There could have been a thousand things you could have done to prevent this. There could have been a million ways this could have not happened, and yet this terrible thing where, you know, a young teenager dies far before their time. Um, and, you know, we, those are the types of things we see, and they, we, we all have a story something like that, where we, we wonder why, 
why did it have to be the way it was? Um, and so my mom was talking to this friend, and, and it was maybe some time after, you know, they had sort of passed through their mourning process, and they were talking about the experience that they had had with the Lord through that, that time. And my mom's friend's sort of um, thought after all of it was to just say, um, you know, at first I was asking the Lord why, why, um, but then I realized that um, there was no answer that would have satisfied that question. <laughs> there was nothing that he could have told me that, that I would have accepted. Um, and I came to realize that um, what I needed wasn't an answer at all. Um, the Lord and the Lord, and so my mom's sort of thought was that maybe sometimes the Lord doesn't give us all the answers that we think we need because in the end we don't actually need them. And it's a part of his mercy not to just be a, a person who, who doles out answers to our burning questions, because that's never what we really needed. What we needed always was um, his touch. And I was thinking about this even as we were just sitting here, and, and I think what it comes down to is not just that, that we don't need answers to our questions or that we don't deserve answers or whatever, um, but oftentimes when we're asking those why, whys, we, we're not really looking for an answer anyway. Um, we're, what we're really asking is how. How, Lord, could you be all these good things that you say you are if this stuff happens? So what we're really always doing when we're asking those questions is we're, we're really questioning the character of God. So what we need isn't an answer to some question. What we need is an indication of what his character is to tell us <laughs> the answer to that how is what we really need. And I think the Lord knows that. Um, and so in times where we don't understand... Um, what we really need is that peace that passes over the understanding, something that shoots beyond our, our mental capability, shoots beyond our mortality, shoots beyond our flesh, and hits a place in the spirit where we know something that we can't even know. We feel something and we understand something that we can never understand. Um, we can our, even if we can't articulate it, we, we have the faith, right, that rests within us. We have the personhood of God that goes beyond even our way, you know, we, maybe we couldn't write it down in a book, but we know that we know that we know that he is good, right? So I think it comes down to that, knowing him and not having to know all the answers. So good, and just what that ministered to me during this time is, I think so often we neglect what we truly need to heal our hearts, by asking all these questions that aren't going to heal our hearts. And so realizing this, and again, perfect timing, like that thurs this last Thursday, I just spent time asking the Lord, like what do I need to heal these different things? Or, or letting myself experience some of the grief of, um, feeling some of that loss, and then allowing the Lord to fill that. And still in the process, still comes in waves, but it's a new perspective for me of realizing, you know, and I think sometimes the Lord encourages us to question and to ask questions and to seek and dig deeper. Um, but for me, just not getting in the downward spiral of the why question, 
has really actually helped me. I, I'm one that wants to know answers. And so I need to know answers. And sometimes I've realized that I've found more peace in having an answer that can settle in my heart than finding peace in the Lord that transcends, transcends that understanding. And so looking at it from that perspective and switching my mind and allowing myself to say, Lord, what do I need for you to heal me? How can you heal me in this moment? How can you show me your goodness in this moment? Instead of saying, why did you let this happen? Or why she wanted this or she wanted, you know, like all these questions. And it focusing on him makes you realize there's so much goodness. There's so much goodness. And that he loves me right now, like in this moment. Like, and I want to jump on board for whichever way he wants to love me in this moment right now. And so, yeah, I think. <laughs> and so that like just stirs up the thankfulness then. Like, you can't be thankful for something that you don't truly enjoy. Like, you can't be genuinely thankful if you don't have a genuine joy and excitement and love for something. And so it just is an invitation for intimacy for us. And then we have celebration. There's, we have this constant state where the world's living right here, but we can rise above and live from celebration and joy and just this concept of the Lord just delighting, delighting in us and delighting in um, who he is and submitting to that. And it's such an exciting thing that it doesn't negate what we're going through. It doesn't push down those feelings, but rather it opens up the table for us to be vulnerable and just put everything out on the table so that the Lord can help us to feast on him, help us to heal in a way that we're being nourished instead of um, malnourished. So I'll just close us out in prayer here. Lord, I just thank you for this season. I thank you for this Thanksgiving season, I thank you for this time that we can open our hearts even more in a deeper way to have your goodness revealed to us, to know your goodness, not just as a word that we sing on Sunday, but to know it in our lives, to see it every day. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see in color, to see the good things that you have for us. And I just pray that we would be able to walk in that celebration as when we're happy and full of abundance and when we're sad and mourning, that we would be able to celebrate who you are and what you're doing 
in how you are touching our hearts so that we can touch the hearts of those around us. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. And just a, just a reminder again, make sure to see Bob afterwards. Make sure to get one of those boxes of food and, uh, and also ask him how you can uh, partner with that ministry so that you too can give some of that food. Uh, there will be lots more boxes in the coming weeks, like he said. Um, they're looking for people to just give it out. It's coming from the government. They want to, people to just pick it up, take it away, and give it to other people. So just as you're getting today, you can also give the same type of gift in the future. So uh, just remember to do that. See Bob. See Bob. All right. Thank you. Be blessed. Thank <laughs> you.